Welcome to the Give This Podcast. I'm your host, Christopher Kai. This podcast is sponsored by the GPS Island Program, which Forbes has stated helps entrepreneurs become professional speakers. For more information, go to ChristopherKai.com. Our guest today is Jeff Standridge. He is an innovation consultant, a best-selling author, and executive coach. Jeff, welcome to our podcast. Hi, thank you so much. I'm so, so proud to be here. So I just love it when we hear a, a person, a guest, in, in your case, you obviously shared it briefly about your story, but kind of tell us what you told me about how, you know, where you grew up and how you've just done some amazing things in your life. Absolutely. I grew up in rural southwest Arkansas, a town of about 1,200 population. I was sharing a few moments ago, I graduated high school with 28 people in my graduating class. By the way, that was a public school, wasn't a private school. Uh, first generation college student, uh, went to the University of Central Arkansas and, and uh, uh, crammed a four-year degree into five and a half years because I wasn't the most academically gifted in the class. And uh, uh, once I really connected with my passion and, and what I really felt like that I was called to do, uh, it kind of changed career trajectories a time or two, spent some time as a university professor uh, and then as a corporate executive. And for the last three years, uh, I retired on my 50th birthday. Uh, I spent the first half of my life making uh, a living. I wanted to spend the second half making more of a difference. And so I spend my time today doing coaching, consulting, and mentoring to entrepreneurs, aspiring entrepreneurs, uh, students, uh, uh, creators, inventors, and what have you. That's great. Why did you choose the entrepreneur route? I mean, you're a smart guy, you're an educated guy. Why did, why did you decide to choose that specific focus? You know, I've been involved in my local business community for a long time, uh, both as chair of the Chamber of Commerce. I live in a community now of about 75,000 people. And so we have a very vibrant business community. Was chair of the chamber in about 2013. And I now serve on the economic development board uh, that is focused on recruiting employers in. and. And, and a lot of economic development is focused on, again, bringing employers in from other geographies and getting them to relocate in your city. And that's important for the, for the creation of jobs. But uh, I like to focus on uh, econ what I call economic empowerment, which is about creating a dollar where a dollar doesn't exist. And so I've had the opportunity to sit across from aspiring entrepreneurs who simply had an idea. And from that idea, we were able to help them build a business uh, that became a lifestyle business first, but then ultimately took on partners, then took on investment, uh, became a scalable business. And, you know, this idea of creating economic empowerment, like uh, I was able to create for myself over a period of 50 years, now 54, uh, being able to help someone do that early in their career, it's just, there's just no match for that. That's great. Any specific success stories you can share with us relative to how you've helped some of these executives, entrepreneurs, or startups? <laughs> You know, we had, a, we had a lady who came to us. Uh, she had lost her job in a, in a corporate environment. She was a salesperson, single mother, uh, minority uh, lady, single mother, um, and unemployed and, and decided that she wanted to get out and, and, and build a business. And so she started out uh, doing residential cleaning, but she wanted to build a commercial cleaning business. And I think her mother showed her some tough love and told her she needed to just get out and hustle and she came and sat down with me and, and we, we gave her some tips and tricks and some guidance and coaching. And, and about seven months later, I got an email from her that said, uh, what you didn't know is those tips and tricks were great, but they cost a little bit of money. Join the chamber, join a networking group, you know, and I, I didn't have money to buy food for my kids. I was literally scraping money together. Uh, it's been seven months since then, and I'm now uh, looking at bringing on an employee, uh, and she went on to to become young professional, young minority professional of the year 
uh, a couple of years later. Uh, this year, I sat down with her to plan her 2020 objectives, and and she's got a you know a quarter of a million dollar business now, and she will tell you that it just absolutely changed the traje- trajectory of her life, for not only for her but also for her four kids. And that's phenomenal. And again, I, I can't say enough about entrepreneurship because you know even as a seven year old kid, I was shoveling snow for my neighbors and making a hundred dollars as a seven year old, and that's for me it was when the light switch went on and then I had a mentor, which was my uncle who hired me at age 12 at his insurance company. But like what you're doing with this woman, it's like all of us have a duty and responsibility to help other people, especially if, if we have the fortune and gratefulness and blessing to even have that understanding. So you, you've also mentioned that you built companies all around the world as, as well. So how, how did you manage that? Because again, you grew up in a small town. Yeah. Small real town. So I, yeah. So it's really strange. I came into the world of entrepreneurship as an entrepreneur. So I was, I was kind of entrepreneurial within a, a, a corporate, uh, within the safety net of a corporate salary, so to speak. And uh, the company I was working with acquired a number of companies in Europe over in 2003, and uh, they needed a utility player. And I had always fashioned myself as a utility player. And uh, kind of the, if you remember the old life cereal commercial, give it to Mikey, he'll eat anything. Yeah. Uh, I was the Mikey. I would, you know, give me, give me, a, give me a job, put me in coach, and just let me go to go to work. And so they asked me if I would go to Europe and and do the the acquisition integration of all of those companies. And then uh, we had a need to start a company in Poland, and so we started it from the ground up and grew it to 350 employees or so. And then did one in China, and then acquired one in Saudi Arabia and Brazil. And and so I had the, uh, some really unique opportunities in a in a corporate environment to really do entrepreneurial kinds of things. And that just really uh, lit my fire, so to speak, for entrepreneurship and, and innovation. And, and so I spend the vast majority of my time today either coaching entrepreneurs or helping corporate executives think about how to be more entrepreneurial, how to think like a startup, how to be more innovative, uh, et cetera. You know, it's interesting. For innovation to occur, there is a necessity of constraints. So constraints are what actually cause innovation to occur. Without constraints, there's really no need for innovation. We're, we're, we're happy doing the status quo. Uh, you know, you take a look at, I believe, and I'll predict right now, you mark it down and we can come back to this in five years, come back to this podcast in five years, telemedicine will have forever changed healthcare as a result of COVID-19. Telemedicine technology has been around for five, six, seven, ten years, but there has been very little adoption because it required a change in the way uh, physicians worked. Well, the constraint of COVID-19 said, hey, guess what? You can't see normal patients. You want to get paid? Try this thing called telemedicine or telehealth. And I believe as a result of the constraint of COVID-19, telehealth will forever be a staple in the American healthcare system. Yeah. No, I like the fact that you see more of a macro level picture because frankly, again, we've had other things before, whether it's a virus, a hurricane, a terrorist attack. We, we all go through these things and every single time afterwards, we come out better as Americans, you know, and that's the beauty of being American and the ingenuity because like you, I travel the world and they always admire that Americans are willing to fail. That's why you have the startup mm-hmm. world, but we don't have to be in the Bay Area. You can be in Arkansas. I mean, the biggest company in the world, frankly, is, is Walmart, right? It's in Arkansas. So it's, mm-hmm. it's just inspiring to know what you're sharing and also what paths you can take. So because I'm looking at your background on LinkedIn and you have a very varied background relative to how you get a bachelor's in health science and then you have a doctorate as well as a master's in, in leadership organizations. So how helpful or not helpful do you think that formal education was because you were in the corporate world, you're in the entrepreneurial world. And I'm curious because some people say, oh, you don't need to go to college or you don't need a PhD. So in your case, you've done all three, you know, so helpful, not helpful. Yeah. yeah. Well, uh, uh, you, you can never, 
learning is more important than education. Yeah. And, and I will tell you that the learning I received by going through all of the ranks of formal education that I did uh, was way more valuable. I spent 20 years at Acting Corporation with a doctorate and nobody there even knew I had a doctorate or even <laughs> cared. They wanted, to, they wanted to know what I was going to deliver. You yeah. know, I had my first business failure uh, when I was 25 years old. I bought the gas station that I had worked at from the ninth grade until my freshman year in college. I was, by the time I was in the ninth grade, I could rip the muffler system off of an automobile and weld one all the way back from the, from the engine back. And uh, I was, uh, was in healthcare working on a helicopter team. Uh, the gentleman was going to sell that business and I, or actually he was just going to close it down. And I said, well, why don't you sell it to me? And I'll, I'll hire somebody to run it for me. And then I'll, I'll just kind of watch over it. So I did. And I lost my shirt literally at 25, just getting ready to get married and start my family. And, uh, I lost the business, had to let it go back. Uh, I had a, an outstanding loan at the bank that I couldn't pay. This was in my hometown where I grew up that 1200 population town where everyone knows everyone. And I had to walk into that banker who also happened to be a distant family member. And I had to say, Charles, I can't pay you right now. He said, well, how much can you pay a month? And so I told him how much I felt like I could afford a month. And he set my, my outstanding unsecured note up on a payment plan. And for the next 10 years, I wrote a check to pay off that loan. Could have easily just walked away from it or declared bankruptcy or what have you. But I, I, I paid it back and I, I considered that my character builder. And so I've come up with this adage that says, you know, we talk about failure and fail fast. I believe there is no failure unless you quit. If you quit, then, it, then it's failure. If you don't quit, then it's just feedback. It's a temporary setback that provides you the feedback to, to change course slightly and move in a different direction. And that's what I did. Now, Jeff, your, your story is so inspiring in, in so many different respects and spectrums. Thank you so much for being on our podcast because this podcast is all about, as I said to you, it's called the Gifters Podcast because I truly believe that every single one of our stories is a gift to the world. And you've definitely shared that with our audience today, Jeff. How can our guests learn more about you, stay in touch with you, and, and hopefully support you and what you're doing? Sure. There are two ways they can get in touch with me. One is at jeffstandridge.com. Uh, that's just my first and last name, jeffstandridge.com, or innovationjunkie.com. If they're in the corporate world and they'd like to reach out to me that way, I'd love to visit with them at innovationjunkie.com. That's awesome. Jeff, thanks so much for your time. Have a great day. Hey, thank you so much. I appreciate it. It's been a pleasure being here.